Hey, it's Daddy, and welcome back to Daddy as Fuck. Today's episode is about trust. A listener left a voice message on the Anchor platform for Daddy and explained that a DDLG relationship with a partner that he's been wanting to be with for quite a while has ended. And though they remain friends, as above, so below, has requested Daddy to talk a little bit about trust, what to do when trust has been eroded, and what to do if a failure of communication happens in a relationship and either or both of those things contribute to a detrimental situation for the relationship's So, without further ado, let's get on down the bunny hole, if you trust me, that is. Trust is the foundation of every relationship. Now, sure, there are many other components, but you gotta admit, trust is a really, really big one when it comes to relationships, so much so that it permeates just about every relationship we have. Let me illustrate. The grocery clerk at the store trusts that you will pay for everything you've put on the counter. That's probably one of the shortest relationships you'll ever have in your life, but it's definitely based on trust. Because if you pick up your shit and walk out the door, you can pretty much guarantee the reaction that they're going to have, and it's not going to be a positive one. Because you broke the agreement that you brought the product to the counter and that you would pay for it before you walked out the store. People are going to be upset because they trust that all the customers are going to pay for their shit before they leave, right? Your employer trusts you will show up for work and do your job well. It's a relationship founded on trust. You trust that they're going to pay you, and they trust that you're going to do the best job you can for them. Your partner trusts that you will keep them safe. And that's very important in a DDLG relationship and a BDSM relationship and power exchange relationships, master-slave relationships, pretty much the whole gamut of kink because... The things that you're doing together exposes your soft underbelly in a lot of different ways. Sometimes physically, and sometimes literally, sometimes metaphorically. But it's true. Trust plays a big role. There's a lot that happens between point A and point B in the journey of earning trust and keeping it alive. So even though my listeners' questions about trust were rather basic... I had ever-expanding thoughts around the notion and the concept of trust in relationships. And this is what I've learned and what I have to share about trust from my journey. What is trust? Well, the essential meaning of trust is a belief that someone or something is reliable, good, honest, effective, etc., For example, you trust your car is going to start in the morning. Or, our relationship is founded on mutual love and trust. Or, his lies and deception shattered my trust in him. Further definitions. Trust is to rely on truthfulness or accuracy, as in lies or misrepresentations or manipulations. To place confidence in something. Rely on a friend that you can trust. To hope or expect confidently. Trust that the problem will be resolved soon. To commit or place in one's care or keeping, a submissive entrusts you with their well-being. To do something without fear or misgiving. That I trust when I go skiing tomorrow, I'm not going to break my leg on the slopes. What does trust look like to me in relationships? Well, it's more than just a five-letter word. Trust is an essential cord that runs through the backbone of a relationship, at least in my opinion. 
It's more than a conceptual component, as in, I want a partner I can trust. What trust actually is in a relationship kind of looks like this inside my head. I trust you won't kill me in my sleep. I trust you will be honest about your thoughts and feelings. I trust you will share your thoughts and feelings with me. I trust that my thoughts and feelings will matter to you. I trust that you will communicate your boundaries. I trust that you will only agree doing things that you want to do. And I will trust that you want the things that you say you do. I trust that you will do the things that you say you will do. And I trust that you will tell me when you can't live up to doing those things. I trust that you understand we will both make mistakes. I trust that if you have to assume something about me, that you will assume good intent until we can discuss it. I trust you will participate in creating a healthy relationship that meets both our wants, needs, and desires. I trust that you'll respect my individuality and need for self-actualization as an independent human who also chooses to be in a relationship with you. I trust you will keep my confidence and use discretion about my privacy. I trust you will also keep me safe. I trust you will come to me if you have fears or doubts. I trust you will tell me when you have needs I am not meeting. I trust you will not stay in a relationship with me if it's no longer one that works for you. And I trust that you will tell me if that's the case. And most of all, I trust that you will also trust me. This is by no means an exhaustive list. And it's daddy's list. It's the list that was swirling around in my head and it was pertinent to my life at the time that I heard my listener's message and started to think about what does trust look like for me in relationships? And though you may have your own list, I'm sure it won't be an exhaustive list either. And it will vary based on your needs as a human and your life experience up to this point and the areas of your life where you find that at this point in time, you need trust. So how do you build trust? Well, I have one word, time. Think about when you're getting to know somebody new. I like to take all relationships, no matter if I've been 17 years and just got divorced or six months with someone I've known for five years and was really excited about being with them, but things just didn't work out. I like to roll that all the way back to when you first meet somebody and get some perspective on it, right? Because that's when trust starts. Let's go back to the point where trust starts in relationships. So think about when you're getting to know somebody new. You have no idea who this person is. So you're on high alert while you size them up against your personal internal trustometer. We all have different benchmarks depending on our personal past experience. So in general, I was asking myself questions like, how long before you trust someone to know your full name? How long before you trust someone to know your address, know where you live? How long before you trust someone to drive your car? How long before you trust someone to drive you in their car? How long before you trust someone to have a key to your house? How long before you trust someone to share a bank account? How long before you trust someone to tie you up and beat you? How long before you trust someone to have a pet or a child or both with them? Okay, so... That's a wide spectrum of trust. But when you're looking at trust 
in the context of relationships. And you're like, oh, how do you rebuild trust? The listener is asking. Well, as above, so below. Look at what trust is, essentially. Look at what you need to build trust in the first place. Because it will help you identify the areas in your relationships where trust is lacking for you. And it might just help you understand where trust kind of went sideways. Maybe you dropped the ball a little bit in holding your partner accountable. Maybe your partner completely disregarded your expression of wants, needs, and desires and totally blew right through your trust. Maybe it was their fault. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. And personally, I can't make that call. But trust is something that is given. And yes, you could say that it's earned, but obviously it's earned because I'm not going to give it to somebody unless they earn it. So by kind of rolling it all the way back to like the beginning of any relationship and thinking about how you build trust, like literally, how long does it take before you let somebody know your address to know where you live? How long before you would give them a key and trust that they're not going to, that they're going to respect your privacy and respect your space and not just like show up on your living room couch at 2 a.m. drunk as a skunk with five buddies? You know, this is, these are the questions that we ask and sometimes they happen in the unsaid. Sometimes we just go with our gut, right? And we make mistakes and then we say, oh, you broke my trust. Well, I like to shine a big bright light on how trust gets created in the first place. And if you're not being intentional, if I at, when I asked those seven little questions about trust, just silly little examples that ran the spectrum of trust, if you stop and think about every single one and kind of flesh it out by asking yourself, hey, yeah, like, what do I need to know about somebody before I, like, let them live with me? You know, that's a pretty damn good question to ask. I just kind of let them move in here because it made sex easier. And, well, all my rope's here, so it made sense. Ah, well, with an answer like that, I would probably say to myself, self, you're probably not looking out for yourself as much as you are holding your partner accountable for not being trustworthy. So when it comes to building trust, we have to start with looking inside of us and asking ourselves some very hard questions that most of us don't stop and take the time to answer before we actually do trust someone. Okay, so you've trusted someone. The cat's out of the bag. And that trust has been broken. How do you rebuild trust? All right, this is coming out of the caves and caverns of daddy's life, so... When you and your partner have a breakdown in trust, it's like you experienced a part of them that you didn't expect, right? Like, holy shit, I can't believe they did this to me. An action or a choice that didn't leave you feeling respected, cared for, considered, loved, or safe. It's like you saw a part of them that left you feeling doubts if they are the person that you even think they are. Or you saw a different side of them for the first time. Maybe they weren't at their best. Maybe they were scared. Maybe they were selfish. Maybe they screwed up. Maybe they just didn't give a fuck. But either way, it left you feeling unsecure. It's revealed a strange part of them, an alien side of them that you're unfamiliar with in your existing relationship dynamic, or the kind of dynamic that you want or thought you had with this person. In your mind, this is kind of like being put back on that high alert while you try to figure out who this person is all over again. Ouch. That shit sucks. I don't care what side you're on. 
it's fucking miserable. So here's what we have to realize. Trust is perception. Who gets to say who trusts who? We do. You're the one who gets to say who you trust and who you don't and why. Not that the why even fucking matters. Why only matters if you're going to work toward building or rebuilding trust because that why gives you the clues on the things you will need to get to a place of trust. Trust is in the eye of the trustor, the person trusting, not the trustee, the person being trusted. So I have a very difficult boss, and I've often been told that um, my biggest job at work is to make sure my boss is happy as an employee. And of course, you know, you have to be honest and act with integrity and, um, you know, be a, be a good person. You can't do things because your boss told you to do them, even if they're wrong. You know, you still have to be a good human. But my boss can be really, really unreasonable as far as like how he relates to other human beings. He can be kind of irrational and illogical. It's, it's, it's kind of call it like a personality tick. So sometimes he'll fly off the handle because he just simply misunderstood. But the more I try to explain myself, the more he thinks I'm trying to make an excuse for my actions. And he's been known to just throw down papers and storm out of the room and not talk to me for the rest of the day. And in moments like this, I realize like, wow, our relationship is being damaged because in his eyes, for some reason, he lost his trust in me. Something I was saying or something that I did, he was unhappy with. And it didn't really matter the why. All that mattered was, I want this person to trust me so that we can have a good working relationship. And that trust was broken down because in his eyes as the trustor, the trustee, me, did something that made him feel like he couldn't trust me. Doesn't matter why. And believe me, if I told you some of the whys, you would roll your eyes. Ooh, I made a rhyme. Rhymies. But what's my point? My point is that the trustor lost faith in the trustee. So what did I do? I sought to restore that trust by go back and apologize and try to get to the root of the misunderstanding and restore the relationship. Now, fortunately, although my boss has that side where he overreacts at silly little things that really aren't logical, he's also very quick to let them go if you come to him and show him deference. And voila, relationship restored. And after going through that about three dozen times, we go, we go through it a lot less. Why? Because he trusts me more and more. And it's been a really good lesson in integrity for me because even though I didn't, I didn't think I did anything to deserve it, I still took it seriously. Why? Because I want to have a healthy relationship with this person. And because I need him to trust me and want him to trust me, I've worked hard to build that trust over time, even though the things that he needed for me the things that he needed from me to trust me didn't make much sense in my eyes, but they made a lot of sense in his. And we have a pretty normal relationship now. But that's work. How does this work in love? So in my last marriage, my ex-wife had a very common complaint. Um, there were a few big ones that were, that were threads in our relationship. And, and every couple has these things that they're always working on or working around. And one of the complaints that my ex-wife had of me was that I, she felt like she did not trust that I put her first. And how 
What did this look like? Well, if I called my parents and told them about a raise before I told her, or if I called up friends and made plans that I knew my ex-wife would be excited about, um, but I called up my friends and made those plans without talking to her first, she would be upset just because I had talked to my friends before I had talked to her. And when we were in a polyamorous relationship, oh, there was all sorts of uh, fruit hanging on the vine for this one. If I was going to be with my poly partner for the weekend and I made plans with my poly partner to like go away and go to a hotel and go out to dinner. Even one time it was like we chose on a Thursday night to go out to this restaurant in uh, in, 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 in a nearby city. And my ex-wife was incredibly upset that I didn't talk to her about it first. And I'm like, well, what does it matter? She's like, I don't care where you go or what you do. And I said, okay, so what's the problem? She's like, well, it would just be nice to know before you make the plans. And I'm like, uh-huh, there's something going on here because that doesn't make sense. I'm free to do what I want. She's free to do what she wants, but not really. So what's the catching point? Ah, that same old trip up. She doesn't trust that I put her first, care about her the most. So I realized that that's, this trigger was around her being the first to know things. Anything that would intersect with our relationship or impact our relationship, if she was the first to know, then I made up a little saying that first to know, love will grow. So I've, I made up a little sign and I drew flowers on it, made it like a little garden, just as a way to kind of cement it in my head as like a little tool for my relationship. And I hung it up on my desk at work and I looked at it for eight hours every day while I was working. And it was a little relationship reminder to tell my ex-wife things that I feel, well, she was my wife at the time, because that would be weird now, right? Tell my wife the things that I think would be important for, that she would feel This is the important part. Tell my wife the things that I think she would feel are important to know before I tell anybody else. And do that as a way of building trust. Now, this went on for a really long time in our relationship. I mean, I was battling probably 14 years, 12 years of her feeling like she couldn't trust me to put her first. It was a long, long history. So how my point is, how do you rebuild trust, right? How did I know that trust was rebuilding? So I made this little tool. How do I know that trust was rebuilding? Well, over time, I noticed that there was more levity in our relationship. Things felt lighter. There wasn't so much doom and gloom around making plans and doing things. We just kind of flowed from one day to weekend to week to month to year to the next. Her sense of humor was present. You know, she wasn't dour. She wasn't like upset. She wasn't irritated because I was doing little things that pushed that button that said, I can't trust him to put me first. Right. So she felt that kind of melting away. So she felt safe. So she was able to, you know, approach our, our relationship with a lot of levity and, and that allowed her sense of humor to come back. That allowed her to express and feel joy and contentment in our relationship. And it was really good. Trust started to seep back into the relationship. So if trust is broken, it can be rebuilt. You have to think about how you build trust, right? And go back to the basics and kind of examine this isn't about me. Trust is built in the eye of the trustor. What do I need to do as the trustee? And am I willing to do it? 
Does this relationship mean enough to me that I'm willing to do the things that I need to do as a good trustee to build the trust so that this person feels safe? Or is this just wackadoodle shit that I'm not going to put up with and it's just going to make me feel constrained? You have to ask yourself those questions. And then if you set down the path trying to figure it out and you find the thing or some things that are working to rebuild trust, you can kind of see that trust is coming back into your relationship. When levity returns, there's sense of humor, there's joy, there's contentment, you're doing things together, everything's working, it's moving. But trust, my friends, is not guaranteed. Yes, my friends, trust is not guaranteed. Because trust is given by the trustor, there is no guarantee anything you will do as a trustee will earn you that trust you want for your partner. Why? Because they say so. By the same token, there is nothing that guarantees you will ever feel like you can trust your partner. Why? Because they're going to do things and you're going to have reactions to them. And if you don't have your shit in one sock, those reactions can send you sideways. Because trust is up to the trust door, the person giving it. And either you trust someone or you don't, and every single variation in between. Meaning the doubts, and the concerns, and the thoughts, and the worries, and the second guessings. So by its very nature, trust is an organic and dynamic aspect of every relationship. It's something that can change in a heartbeat, and it depends entirely on the person who is giving trust. Can you trust your boyfriend? Can you trust your dom? Can you trust this new guy who's sitting across the table talking to you? Can you trust your long-term partner? And why? What things have they done to prove that trust? What makes you think that they're not going to disprove that trust tomorrow? These are the questions, my friends, that will help reveal to us what trust means to us as individuals. So if you're struggling with earning trust, you have to ask yourself, are the things being required of you things that you also want for yourself in a relationship? And if the answer is no, you could end up being resentful later. And maybe, just maybe, it's time to step back and look at the overall health of the relationship. By the same token, if you're struggling trusting someone else, then you need to ask yourself if you feel like the things that you need to trust them are possible with your partner. And will they be sustainable and workable? Meaning, can your partner actually do these things? such that the relationship is healthy and safe enough for you to be in. There's no formula for trust. It's not guaranteed. It can change on a dime. And most of the time, none of us have done enough introspection to understand exactly what we even need from someone to feel like we can trust them. Those are some good places to start. So we've talked a little bit about what is trust? How do you build it in the first place? How do you rebuild it when it's broken down? and the fact that it's not guaranteed. But what do you do in those situations where there are issues with trust? So that's a very good question. What do you do when there are issues with trust in a relationship? It can be a really, really difficult place to land. My advice is to step away from the situation. Stop the blaming, name-calling, and shaming. 
Just as we're taught relationships have to look a certain way in the normative world, we've all been shown in our family, in movies, and TV how couples fight. Fuck that shit. Drama, trust me, will get you more drama. Taking your feelings out on your partner is abuse, period. If you're hurt and you use that as license to yell, scream, shame, berate, and coerce apologies, then you are doing real damage. And what's worse, you're doing it intentionally, where they may not even mean to hurt you. So stop. Step away. It hurts. It destroys a relationship. Ask me how I know. Another thing in addition to stepping away from this situation, is to look as deep inside yourself as you can and ask yourself, why do I feel like trust was broken? What happened? Like, what was the thing that happened? Like, spell it out. He called his parents. He told his parents that he got a raise before he told me. Okay, that's it. That's all that happened. And everything else is story. So look at why do you feel like trust was broken? What actually happened? Just the facts, ma'am. Here's another thing to look at. You can ask yourself, was an agreement broken? And was the agreement a spoken agreement? Or was it assumed on the part of the trustor? If you're going to trust someone to live with you because it makes sex easier and all the rope is here, well... That's an assumed agreement. But if you're going to actually tell somebody like, hey, it's a big deal that you're moving in and like there are some really thing, you know, some really important things that kind of come with that for me. So like, can we agree on kind of what this is going to look like? That's a spoken agreement. When you're looking deep inside yourself uh, and you feel like there's issues with trust, you can also ask, do I feel like my partner knew that they were breaking my trust when they were doing the thing I'm upset about? Was it unintentional? Was it a miscommunication? Or did they just not give a fuck? Not do you think they didn't give a fuck, like they actually don't give a fuck. Like, yeah, what's the big deal? Yeah, no, that's like, that's like, I don't know, ninth grade bullshit. You can ask yourself, am I upset about what happened? Or upset that it happened. Big distinction there. What happened? Um, he picked up the phone and he called his parents and he told them that he got a raise. Okay, great. I'm also upset that it happened because he should have called me first. If he loved me, he'd call me. And why is he calling his parents? I'm a, he, he's a big boy and he's married to me and he's my husband. He's not their son anymore. Oh, that just got ugly. recognizing those unresolved patterns in your relationship, like looking for proof for your fears and insecurities. And I can't believe you did this again. It's just, see, it's just proof that you put everybody first. You put everybody before me. Well, that sounds a lot like being upset that something happened. Triggers. There's triggers there. You got to own your own shit. If trust is breaking down and you're upset that something happened, there's a trigger. And I'm not saying it's not important, but I don't know how much it has to do with trust. You can source it back to spoken or unspoken agreements. You can kind of go all the way back to what happened. And when you start to think about the what happened, like just the facts, ma'am, 
Name the feelings that you are feeling. So when trust breaks down and you're upset, stop and name the feelings that you are feeling. Now, this is really fucking hard, okay? Because a lot of people are going to be like, I'm fucking pissed. I'm pissed because he's an asshole and he doesn't fucking care and he's so careless and selfish and... Okay, those aren't feelings. Like that first thing you said, I'm pissed, okay? You know what that's called? That's called anger, okay? That's the feeling. So you name the feelings that you're feeling. I'm feeling sad. Why? Because he does this to me all the time. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm feeling sad. I'm feeling resentful. Why? Because I tell him everything and he never tells me anything. I put him first. Okay, okay, okay. You're feeling resentful. Okay. You're feeling anger. Yeah, because he did this to me last month, last week, we talked about this and I can't fucking believe he did it again. That's anger. Okay, good. Let's just let the story go away. Anger. Frustration. I have told you this time and time again. How many fucking times do I have to say? Okay, all right. That's frustration and fear. I can't be in a relationship where I don't feel like I come first. Oh, okay. You're afraid. You're afraid. All right. Name the emotions. Emotions have one word. The name of the basic emotion that surrounds the complaint. So here's a hint, right? Jealousy, depression, guilt, hate, grief. Those are not emotions. Those are complex emotions made up of two or more basic emotions. For example, fear, anger, and disgust make up the complete emotion called hate. You have to boil it down to the basic emotions. So if you're feeling that there are issues with trust in your relationship, name the feelings that you're feeling. Now, this is going to be fucking hard the first 20 times you do it, but after a while, you'll get better and better. And soon, you'll start identifying many single emotions, and you'll even see them repeat over time, giving you clues about the areas where you can focus working on yourself. Because it's bad enough to feel like there is something going on in your relationship, that you, something that concerns your partner, but bringing all your own shit into it? is going to make it a lot harder because now you're trying to solve two problems at once. And if you're not going to work on yourself first, well, then you have to own your share of the problem, right? So for each emotion that you can identify, single basic emotions, ask yourself this question. What aspect of what happened has me feeling sad or resentful or angry? frustrated or afraid and the answers will probably sound a little something like this when you dig down deep to the core of it i'm sad because i hoped my partner would know how i would feel before they did the thing that they did i resent that they did this to me after all the times they have been mad at me for xyz i'm angry we have to deal with this during the holidays i'm frustrated my partner didn't know I would feel this way and did it anyway. I'm afraid we will get in a big fight about this and it will ruin the holiday. Well, now for each of those answers, take a look into your past and see if you can find other times that you've felt the same way about a situation. Now, you have to think really hard. This is just as hard as boiling down what you're feeling into singular emotions, right? 
the first 20 times, it's going to be hard, but after a while, it's going to get better. If you really do it, you have to put the effort in. Don't, you can't half-ass it. If you do, it's going to keep being that level of difficult. If you keep trying your best and growing and getting better at it, then every time I promise it's going to keep getting easier. So think hard. Don't give up on yourself and really take the time to identify those past situations, other times in your life that you felt the same way about a similar situation. Once you do find that, go back further until you find another example and then another example and then another example about how you felt like angry having to deal with something during the holidays until you find the first time you've ever felt that way. And then ask yourself, what did you realize about having this feeling? Is it rooted in a pattern from your past? How much of it is related to what's happening now and how much of it is being triggered from the PTSD of your past? Now, both are relevant. And just because it's being triggered from your past doesn't make it irrelevant. It just helps give you insight into owning your own reaction to what happened. Because your partner took an action, you're having a reaction. You might not like what happened here and now, but you need to weed out the virility of these emotions that's rooted in the past so you can deal with just how much the strength of these emotions comes from what matters now and how much the strength of these emotions comes from reliving the past through what's happening now. One common outcome is that you might realize a lot of your reaction has to do with a big fight you got in with your family before the holidays when you were a kid, and it ruined the holidays for you. And your sensitivity around that trauma is triggered your fears that this thing's happening now, and it's repeating that terrible incident all over again. And not only, not only that, it's worse because your relationship is going to become just like it was when you had a family and you're not going back. You're not repeating that. You want your life to be different. And oh my God, you feel so unsafe. And that's pretty much how it works. So in as much as that you are overreacting based on the past and projecting that intensity on the present, it could result in you being blindsided by those emotions so much that you feel to see how best you can resolve this situation today in the present for what it is in ways that won't actually repeat the trauma of your past. We are so fucking far down the bunny hole, it isn't funny anymore. You have to boil it down to the basic emotions that are at the root of what you're feeling. Highlight the basic emotions that are more rooted in your past and own that your past is contributing to those. If there are similar emotions like being sad and frustrated that your partner chose to do this to you, then focus on what those emotions are telling you. That you may be dealing with insecurity. Feeling like your partner knowingly hurt you. When this may be very far from the truth. Which puts the spotlight on fear. You're being afraid both of repeating the past and afraid that your partner doesn't care about you enough to know that this would hurt you. Once you have a real handle on how you feel and where those feelings are most relevant to your relationship, you can share them with your partner, those emotions, and be as clear and direct as possible. Because I guarantee you're going to have insights if you do the exercise, you name the emotions, and you figure out 
What is it about those emotions? What aspect of what happened is triggering those emotions? And then you look into your past for each of those things and see where this has happened before. All the shit that doesn't have anything to do with what's happening right now is going to fall away. And you will see clearly what is important to you about what's happening now in your relationship. And it's probably going to boil down to one or two very basic and easy to communicate things. And when you find those, you be as clear and direct as possible. Save the long, drawn-out stories and just share how you feel. I'm angry because this stuff happened in my family all the time, and it always ruined the holidays. And I, I know you didn't do it on purpose, and, and I can see that now, but I, I, I feel this way because I'm afraid that you, you knew it was going to hurt me, and you did it anyway. And, and, and that's the story I'm telling myself, and, and I know it's just... You know, my fear that something's going to happen and it's going to ruin the holidays and you're not going to care, just like it happened with my parents when I was a kid growing up. And, and I don't want that for our relationship. That's, that's not what I want for us. See, and it's that kind of honesty that will result in a conversation where your partner can access compassion and empathy because they don't feel like they're being blamed and put on the hot seat and all the pressure's on them to that, that they are the trustee that broke the trust. We as trustors have just as much shortcomings as the trustees and we have to know our own shit and work through it. We have to bring it to the table in our relationship too and call it what it is instead of blaming each other. Step away from the situation. Stop the blaming and the name calling and the shaming. Own your own shit Share it with your partner. That's what you do when there are issues with trust. But what happens when the breach of trust is real? When the breach of trust is real, it probably is going to look a little bit something like a known agreement is broken. You know, something fundamental to your relationship is just shattered. If you get to step four, where you have a real handle on how you feel and where those feelings are most relevant to your relationship and you share them with your partner and you and your partner have different views entirely and are unable to resolve the perceived breach of trust, then you have to ask yourself what you need to feel safe. And if it will be something you feel capable of, and if your partner also feels capable of providing so that trust can be restored. Look, this shit isn't a joke. You want to keep repeating patterns for 20 years together? Great. Say a deluded, I'm sorry, get fucked up, fuck like rabbits, wake up Monday, go to work and repeat for decades. If you want to get anywhere in life or in relationships, you have to work for it. I'm not being trite. It's just what I've learned. You have to work to overcome the past, your past. You have to work to overcome yourself. Get out of your own way. Own your shit. You have to work to be a better human and lead by example in relationships. None of this you go first bullshit. If you want things to be better, make them better. 
Be the change that you want in the world. Be the change that you want in your relationships. And guess what? If your partner doesn't follow suit, well, you can always have conversations. Working to communicate in meaningful ways can translate into better choices. Choices that get you what you want, need, and desire. Even if that means an unhealthy or irreparable relationship has to end. Just because a relationship ends does not mean it was a failure. You always walk away with the gift of experience. You know yourself better. And just that this shit isn't a joke, it's also not the end of the world. We don't have to make a relationship that isn't working work just to win some prize at the end as the last one standing. I quite doubt any widow or widower feels like the winner because they were the last one left standing in their relationship. If you're not happy and it's not working and you've given it as much effort as is healthy for you to do so, and the relationship is not providing the payoff that you need to feel fulfilled in your life, then move on. Trust can be repaired, and it takes time. Time, honesty with yourself and with your partner, communication, and effort. Heavy emphasis on communication. First with yourself, and then with your partner. It's at this point I want to circle back to as above, so below's message to me. And um, I just want to bring it all together and say that, look, violations of trust, they can sometimes be tricky because you could say, I trust a partner not to cheat on me. But really, it all comes down to, like I said in the beginning of this podcast, trust is based on agreements. Sometimes they're spoken and sometimes they're unspoken. When it comes to the really big breaches of trust, you have to really stop and ask yourself, was I assuming that or did we actually have that agreement? Now, in the case of your partner's cheating on you, and that's not why As Above, So Below wrote in, but I'm just calling out a big one because it's a big one in relationships. It's a huge breach of trust. If you've agreed to stop seeing other people and your partner sees somebody else, well, that's, that's a broken agreement. And that can destroy trust or erode it or damage it. However you slice it, the trustor is going to call the trustee into question because an agreement was broken. Just like if you don't pay for your groceries, you're breaking the spoken agreement that it's illegal to steal shit, right? So even when it comes down to the big things, if you find yourself saying, well, it's obvious, ask yourself, well, is it? And it may well be because it's intrinsic to the agreements that you've made in the construct of your relationship. When it comes to kink, BDSM, poly, non-monogamy, there's a lot of gray areas, but are they? Because if you wag your lips and you flap your tongue or flap your lips and wag your tongue, whichever you prefer. I'm not going to kink shame you. You can make those agreements come alive with the sound of words and you can have those conversations with your partner and take them from the realm of unspoken agreements that I trust my dom is always going to keep me safe. Well, does your dom know what you need to keep you safe? Make the agreements, people, and then you have a real firm and solid foundation on which to base the trust in your relationship. So as above, so below, my answer to you might have taken about 50 minutes, but it's really as simple as 10 seconds. Trust is something that's ever-present in your relationship based on the agreements you have with your partner. And if you don't like the way shit's going, you don't have to stay. But you should also talk to them about it. 
and let them know how you feel about what's happening in your relationship. And that's pretty much all it comes down to. You're either going to trust someone or you're not. You can't make it happen just because you want to be with that person. Maybe it's just not the right time. Maybe they're just not in the right place in their life where they can be the kind of person that makes you feel like you can trust them. And that's okay. We're all on our own individual journeys. If you'd like to join me on this journey and expand our awesome community by adding your voice, you can email daddy underscore af at comcast.net. If you like and rate this uh, podcast on whatever platform you listen to it and subscribe. I would really appreciate that too. It spreads the word. It shows the world that this podcast is something worth listening to, that we are taking a stand for our little slice of community and we're all together making a difference. That said, it's been a deep dive today, folks. So thanks for joining me down the bunny hole. Let's get up out of here.